Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez. What a job by Mark Grody. I mean, being at the Combine is no easy task. There are so many people there. Everybody's trying to get the same story, but having a unique angle on it. So kudos to Groats, as he mentioned. Sunday, I'm going to be on 9 to 12, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Hmm. Groats is going to be joining me uh, very early. A different shift. Yeah, different Well, not shift. necessarily. Every shift is a different shift for you. Listen. I already got my. I already got my. You gotta have a negotiation letter, you know, where you you talk about things that you have done. You know, Uh you gotta talk about. You don't just come to the negotiation table (laughs) with nothing, and you gotta be like Bulls pre and post, Cubs Uh pre and post, Uh every shift. Uh The only shift I haven't done is middays because because they have a they have a built in fill in Mm. with Layla Rahimi, and then even when Layla's not gone, then it'll be just you know those Mm -hmm. two. Anyway, that's Sunday Groats. Today, tonight we are here, Gabe. Anthony Heron, NFL Bet, Big Ten Network, Series yes, XM. You already know Fox 32 in the building, my guy. How are you, man? Good, man. Good. Been doing um, looking, looking dapper today. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Been been on, on camera a little bit, so I had to cut my hair, had to shave my face, yeah. had to look uh, camera ready for the week here. Been doing these scouting the future shows throughout <laughs> the week over at Fox 32. Like that. I like I that. I got Lou Canellis, our Bears Unleashed partner, Cassie Carlson. She's been out in Indianapolis all week. So we've been having fun doing those. They've been on uh, fox32.com, fox32chicago.com. And then uh, tonight, actually, when you and I finish up, the reason I'm still dressed up, I'm going to head back over there. We'll actually do a, a linear show on television so that, you know, Fox 32 does their 9 o'clock news. Oh, wow. And then they're going to cut the 9 o'clock news in half. The second half hour will be me and and Luke Canellas just kind of recapping the week of the NFL combat, especially because today, Caleb Williams, as you and I will be talking about in a moment, Everyone finally got to hear from Caleb Williams. There's a lot to react to from that. So I'm going to head across the street when you and I finish up. I thought that I was coming in today looking fresh to death with my cut because... you all, I mean, not all... Well, you usually got a fresh cut. Yeah, Every yeah. once in a while, you can tell something's kind of growing out a little bit. Yeah, that's when I'm having trouble with my girl. <laughs> but, but, but I'm always when I'm lined up 
they taking care of. I, I, I'm, I'm, I have a nice haircut today because uh-huh. tomorrow is the Chicago Fire home opener. Ah, there we go. So All I'm right. fresh to death trying to get ready yep. for that. So here I am thinking I was coming in with a nice cut and uh-huh. comes in. <laughs> This man looked like he just came right out the NFL Today studios over here. But I like it because that means you're ready to talk Caleb Williams. Ready, man. A second ago. Ready. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to play some cuts, Anna. Grab some uh-huh. from the, the conference. I want us to be able to react to it. And I really want to start with one of the top things that fans have talked about when it comes to Caleb Williams, and it is his his emotions and how they've shown. Right, And Caleb Williams actually talked about on the, the podium today just showing emotions after losses. Yeah, there's not many people in the world to get the experience what I experience every every game day, every practice day. Um, you know, so it kind of goes back to, um, you know, it kind of it always kind of goes back to that for me. It's you know, it's something that I only get to experience. Um, it's something that I really care about, um, which is not only winning the game, but you know, doing it with my teammates. And so every time we lose, I feel like I let my teammates down. I feel like he said teammates a ton of times during this week. Mm. Wanted to emphasize that, you know, that was his main focus. When talking about the loss or showing emotion after losses, and was that satisfactory for you? Did that make sense? Did that, just, you know, did it sound like PR fluff or did it sound like a genuine answer? I, I think it makes enough sense. I mean, in the end, folks, this is the most scrutinized that that any of these guys have ever been before becoming professional athletes. And when you've been in the public eye as long as Caleb Williams has, you know, it's interesting because this week, you know, we got the announcement, Kaylin Clark from Mama Mater. She's going the professional route. She's going to enter the WNBA draft after they finish up this season. Caleb Williams, he has been kind of the the cover boy, the poster child for college football for the last couple of seasons now after winning the Heisman and you know, being perceived as the guy who's going to be the number one pick in this draft for years now. In some way, since he even left high school, he's been in that conversation and talked about in that way. So folks have scrutinized him for a long time, and now you, you see it at its at its peak. So you know, the perception of whether or not, you know, talk to whether it's football guys, fans, or whatever, people will have their different perceptions of whether or not it's cool that he's, you know, cried after a game in his mom's arm in the stands. If, if you're worried about whether or not he cares about winning or if he's passionate about the game, you know, you can make the case, is he too passionate about the game? Is he, is he overreacting? But that certainly doesn't indicate anything to me that shows he doesn't care or that he's aloof about the results on the field or about his performance in that game. So I think if, if nothing else, if one of the concerns that has apparently been out there is whether or not he is passionate about the sport of football and if he is a you know an ultimate competitor type, the fact that he would break down like that in the midst of a season where he's in a stretch of his life where he's known he's going to be this multimillionaire player and had become this multimillionaire athlete in college, had won a Heisman, was on the way to being the top pick in the draft, and was still crushed after a loss with his college football teammates. So did I find the answer satisfactory? Sure, because I, the, the moment itself didn't bother me much. Yeah. I've cried after a loss yeah. before. Same. Not as Probably not as emotional as you. <laughs> there weren't a bunch of cameras pointed at us, you know. No, not the same. Made a little difference. He's Anthony here, and I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Talking about Caleb Williams. At 730, we'll have an opportunity to talk a bit about Drake May. And as we talked to Roddy Jones from the ACC Network. So uh, he, uh, Caleb Williams did meet with the Chicago Bears. And obviously you get a 15-minute window with the Bears, which is interesting. But Caleb Williams talked about meeting with the Bears and whether or not it would be exciting to step into a situation like that. 
I mean, the Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick. Um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense. Um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that. Whole lot of dominant quarterback play? No, no, not at all. Um, I don't compare myself to the other guys. Um, you know that's there, been there. Um, I think I'm my own player, and um, you know I, I I tend to like to you know create history and, and rewrite history. Bears eight and nine giving us an extra dub. That was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. I was like, bro, seven to ten. As he's saying it out loud, I'm looking at him and I'm going, seven to ten, bro. Come on. I'm like, all right, whatever, bro. You don't want to be with us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> how it is. Um, but, you know, I love the fact he said he wants to, you know, be his own person, rewrite rewrite history. I think he's, he seems, and there's no doubt, he seems very conf, he seemed very confident at yeah. that podium. And for someone to be anticipating all these bodies you see right. them, you see when he comes right. to the podium initially clears his throat understands mm. hey man i'm not gonna have this moment where i'm gonna talk my throat's gonna get uh-huh. froggy yeah. now i'm clearing this right now smart comes up to the podium everyone's waiting for him and you sometimes you do as a fan right if you're watching a concert or anything mm. like that you're looking at the, the microphone and thinking entertain me uh-huh. go, go ahead right. entertain me yeah. and so every reporter is sitting there looking at caleb williams and he's like Good morning, everybody. Uh, like, what's up? He's just comfortable. Super Very comfortable. Very comfortable in his own skin. And I'm, I'm glad that that a lot of folks got to see Caleb kind of live and in person, got to hear directly from him. So I've been talking to you about this for uh, months at this point, basically, that I, I have gotten to pay close attention to his college career and know so many folks who've been around him for a long time, who've called his games and have had some of those friends and, and you know, industry partners and everything on on these airwaves at times in recent weeks here. And the Caleb Williams that everyone got to experience in Indianapolis today on the hoof and at the mic, looking so comfortable and composed and engaging in a lot of ways, it flies in the face of so many of the the rumors and innuendo and and sort of, you know, media assumptions that have been going on because he's not someone who goes out of his way to constantly, like, post videos of him shouting something out on IG or, you know, every time some rumor is out there about him to go out of his way to put out a statement every single time something happens or great call a press it. conference or anything. He is, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't call him a private guy, you know, by my understanding of him, but he's not someone who goes out of his way to be in the public eye on a consistent basis either. He plays football. He does his thing. He's got his people around him. And he kind of keeps it moving. I mean, in some ways, there is a demeanor there. There's a a public demeanor that in, in some ways is similar to Justin Fields, frankly, where he is very comfortable addressing people. But he's not this huge, gregarious personality either. But he's just like Justin Fields had to handle the scrutiny of being the Ohio State University quarterback, one of the biggest brands in the sport, and all the scrutiny that came with that in national championship chases. Caleb Williams has been in the L.A. market, has been a Heisman front runner, and was the favorite to go back-to-back in the Heisman and been the face of college football for a couple of years, did that in L.A. And so he has addressed the media before. He has addressed throngs of people before. He has had fans shouting things at him. So – the, the spotlight of the stage was was nowhere near too big for him today. He's been comfortable operating in that lane for a long time now, and, and that showed up. It was interesting to watch. It was interesting to see because he could have clammed up. He could have given you – he could have been corny. 
Yeah. Right? He could have been a guy that was regurgitating answers. Right. And they felt Seemed scripted. rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was some of that to a certain degree, but it was very well, very much mixed into mm-hmm. his own personality and yeah. who he was. And to me, I think that, that was the most telling thing. Uh, he also talked about um, whether or not he was an artist or a surgeon, that being something that was brought up a lot because of Coach Eberflus talking about the two separate ones and, and Ryan Poles as well. Um, and Caleb talked about which one he tries to be. He does. He does. You know, I've, I've actually heard that about the artist or, or surgeon thing. And um, I like to I like to think that when it's time to be surgical, you, you know, it's, it's time to be surgical. Um, you know, there's been many games where uh, it gets late in the game and, and I've and I've ran or scrambled and, and, you know, threw a crazy pass. That's that's been the artist, the magician. Um, and then and then, you know, there's been times where even, you know, when I hurt my hamstring and I couldn't run, um, I sat in the pocket the whole time, you know, the rest of the game and, and, and delivered the ball. It's important to be in the pocket. It's part of the game. It's also important to be out of the pocket um, and you just be, you know, just as good as you are in the pocket and out of pocket. Artist, I, I would think Ant, that most quarterbacks in the NFL would have that same answer. I could be a surgeon when I need sure. to be. And I, I would think I have so. to be an artist. You know, that seemed like a very... I wish he would have stuck to one. <laughs> no, I'm certain. You know, like I think in the end, you know, Peyton Manning, who maybe didn't have the the ability, the the athletic skills to <laughs> sort of go beyond the X's and O's as much as yeah. some other guys. Peyton Manning definitely more surgeon yeah. than artist. Tom Brady definitely more surgeon than artist. But historically, there's been a number of guys who've been more artist than surgeon. Yeah. And I think one of the guys he's emulated most has been Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers started off as almost strictly an artist, and then got more and more surgical throughout his career and became the guy that we've seen in the the middle and latter stages of his time in Green Bay that was able to to just be surgical pre-snap, mid-snap, post-snap in a lot of ways also with the way he operated. Patrick Mahomes with the season he just put together in the midst of some of that evolution also because the, the offense didn't have to be on his right arm the entire time. He had to protect the football at a higher level, play with more control in the pocket and, and feeding it out to playmakers, just sort of making sure he's not taking many sacks and putting the ball in harm's way, all those things. There weren't as many highlight moments from Mahomes this past season, but he was still surgical enough and mixed it with some of his artistry to lead them to another Super Bowl. So quarterbacks tend to evolve. My questions about Caleb Williams, while there are some, and especially things I've heard from people, yeah, I do have some questions about the maturity of his game, more so than the maturity of Caleb as a person. For that that comparison that so many folks have made with Patrick Mahomes and the the artist versus surgeon conversation, the the scientific part of his brain versus the intuitive part of his brain. He's an extremely intuitive playmaker. This is where, frankly, and I've talked about it, where Justin Fields lacks a little bit of that that intuitive part of his playmaking ability. Justin Fields is really more of a reps guy, as I see, where he he prefers to operate within the confines of the play and is almost too safe and then reacts a bit too late. Some of those things. Caleb is such a playmaker and has this, this natural intuition that is sort of Mahomes-esque in those ways. But Mahomes is the main guy we've ever seen has have this degree of consistent success as this, this intuitive, unscripted, um, you know, sort of beyond the structure of the play, out-of-structure passer. And that's where... I think Caleb needs more structure to the way he plays to succeed at the NFL level. So that that's my big concern is whether or not his commitment to refining his ability to play within structure or if that comfort that he has in being a playmaker beyond the X's and O's, does he fall back on that too much once he gets to the NFL also? That is my main concern 
with Caleb Williams? And and can he can he commit himself to recognizing that it's necessary for him to succeed at a high level at, at the NFL level? And, and can he rein that in? That that to me is a is a worthy question more so than a lot of the other stuff that's been out there. And that's why I think Ant, the relationship between him and Shane Waldron yep. is going to be so important. Yep. Right where Shane Waldron needs to be the tactician to come in and say, I mean, if Caleb Williams is the quarterback of the Bears, mm. needs to be the guy that comes in and can do that for the rookie QB to make him, you know, excel at a high level. And, and Caleb, you know, in talking about his growth and talking about becoming a better quarterback, he talked about on the podium as well his three years of college experience and how they were all different. Yeah. So, so the cool thing about you know my experience is that all three years have been, you know, a bit different. Um, you know, this past year we went seven and five, and so my leadership needed to be different. The year before, um, I came into a situation where we were four and eight, so my leadership needed to be different. The year before, I came in as a backup, and then you know I jumped, I jumped up, and 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 you know became the starter. So my leadership throughout times have been different. And I think it's it's helped groom me for the situation that I'm going into now. Yeah, and I think that those situations were different, and where he also on on the field, right? You know, as a backup mm-hmm. at Oklahoma, I mean. You're not necessarily the pressure's not on you. Mm-hmm. Coming into the, his first year at USC, taking over a program with Lincoln Riley, pressure not necessarily on you. No one knows what really is it's going to be, but you perform so well that you become a Heisman Trophy winner, and then the pressure is on you in the following season. So it it is different in that sense. Um, but I I, I think at, when I look at Caleb Williams, because my question to you is. Like what are you, what would your hopes and expectations for him be? Because a lot of people think that the media and Chicago as a whole that we're putting too much pressure on him, or we expect him to be too great. But I think when you look at this Bears team, no one needs Caleb Williams to be the best quarterback in the NFL. When when you think about you know operating the world, we can all assume Bears are moving on from Justin Fields. Just about what what compensation they get from that, but. As big a reason as any, you know, in addition to the playmaking and and the journey that the teammates went on with Justin Fields, but watching the approach that he took day in, day out is a big part of why so many guys in the locker room very publicly voiced their support for Justin Fields because he was a worker bee. He, he showed up every day. He he went through sort of the the slog of trying to build the organization back up over the last couple of years through difficult times and had to face a lot of the public slings and arrows in the midst of that. And they watched him improve at the craft of quarterback and watching the organization prepare to move on. You know, there, there was this, this sentiment from a lot of guys like, well, wait a minute, you know, he's been going through this with us. He, he experienced the bad times, So, you know, he, he can be a part of the, the better times also. But if Caleb comes in and, you know, his projection is as a prospect beyond what Justin Fields was coming out, there's no doubt about that. But if he can have that similar type of approach, then he can win the locker room over, even despite whatever perception might be there from teammates of of whether or not he's this guy who's been on all these national ad campaigns and billboards and uh, you know GQ. reportedly thought about you know maybe flying in on a private jet or whatever. If some of that may linger with guys in the locker room, if Caleb Williams shows up, if he gets here to Chicago. And he's willing to just come in and do his work. He can still be himself, don't care what kind of car he's driving or anything else. You earn the respect of guys in the locker room at this level of football by showing up and doing the work, just like everyone else who's been here for the last couple of seasons or the last few years as the Chicago Bears have struggled. And as this city has had this team under the harsh glare of scrutiny and feeling like they've underperformed, now it seems to be a roster that may be on the verge of popping. You know, 2024 
is expected to be a successful season for the Bears. If Caleb Williams comes in and is willing to just put in that day-in, day-out work and not necessarily have to be on the field some guy who's who's seeing himself as the savior. If Shane Walters right. calling the game that is run first, if Matty Berflus is playing ball control and punt and pin the opponent and all those types of things, and Caleb Williams is cool with that and just being a piece of the bigger puzzle, mm. until who knows? You know, that. he may grow into something else, but if he is able to operate with his work habits with a level of humility, in addition to all the other stuff that has come to him for his success in college, then everybody's going to be cool with that and fall in line with it. Whether or not he's throwing for 300 yards a game right off the bat, they're not going to care about that. But is he putting the work in and showing that he's willing to be a part of what a lot of other guys have already been trying to build this team towards? That's a great point. Anthony Herring, Gabe Ramirez here, 670 the score. It's a great point because you, know, you look at how Caleb Williams came into the combine. Maybe strategic. No haircut, beard, <laughs> not pretty boyish, yeah, right? right? Looking like right, he's right. been grinding in the Wasn't gym. Wasn't blinging in the ears, anything. Looked you know, like, didn't have a couple carrots in, I've been in doing each 75 earlobe. push-ups a day for the last 34 <laughs> right. years. It's like, damn, right. you look uh, like you're ready. Like you've been out here on, on the Batman program <laughs> yeah, just getting exactly. this stuff right. <laughs> so I could see him, you know, wanting to take that and, and understanding, right? Being smarter, right? And saying, I understand if I go into an NFL locker room, I, I cannot. Not that I, I shouldn't. I cannot go in there thinking I'm Willie Beeman, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just not going to go well because this yeah. is real life. Right. And he's a real, real football player. Think of how quick Zach Wilson lost the New York Jets. Man. He After said he was that. out yep. there struggling and he's going, you know, blaming other folks in the media and all that. That is the quickest way to lose a bunch of veterans in a locker room like that. And he never got him back. Jets, one of the teams that are going to be meeting with Caleb Williams. It was interesting to hear him talk about some other squads that could uh, be vying for his services, specifically the Washington Commanders. Yeah, um, you know it's it's like I've said before, it's familiar. It's 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 hometown, um, as everybody knows. And um, you know, it'd be it'd be really cool to, to be back there and and, and experience that. Um, the the meeting went really well. Um, and and um, you know, being around those, you know, everybody was in the room. So being around everybody, um, you know, just getting getting the taste of you know how they are, who they are, because like you said, everything's new there. But he did say he wants to win, and the Washington Commanders were ranked last in those uh, player ranking report cards. Uh, but he talked about the Patriots and going there as well. Yeah, um, the Patriots were cool. Um, it was, it was, um, the room wasn't as packed. They had just a few guys here. Um, and, 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 you know, we talked mainly about ball. Uh, it, was a, it was a good impression. They were asking me questions um, about my life, um, about ball, um, testing me and things like that. So all of them kind of, all of the meetings were good. Um, and they were all kind of in the same ballpark. Everybody, you know, you don't, they don't really get to see you and test your mental. So uh, this, quick, this quick 10, 20 minutes that they have, you know, that's what they're mainly doing, trying to get out of you. Patriots, cool. Hometown, mm-hmm. all right. I don't know. Sound like <laughs> Bears might have had the, the most glowing review there, eh? He got options. He definitely got options. And the, um, you know, the decision not to just provide everyone with the medical information, we can come back around to that later in the show also, just – especially my own experience dealing with the medicals at the combine back in the day, it can be an arduous task. And it's interesting just where Caleb Williams might be sort of resetting the way that future draft prospects look, look at it. And not everyone's going to have his, uh, his acclaim or his agency that he was able to claim in, in the way he's handling things here. But uh, I'm intrigued by it. I want to come back around to that. I, yeah, we will, because I think it's funny. First player ever to do it, and then the ones that are uh, defending him are like, hey, bro, you know what I mean? It is a pain in the ass. <laughs> so and then I'm like, oh, my God. I uh, love that. That's great. Uh, All right. Well, we get to talk about, as promised, the other quarterback that's sitting atop the draft, that is Drake May. And 
maybe some wide receivers that could be surprise, surprises out of the ACC. Roddy Jones joins us next from the ACC Network and Sirius XM. We'll talk to him about Drake Bay. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. What are your early impressions of what they've got going on there for a quarterback? To come? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, no doubt. You know, watching you know Chicago, you know, Cole Komet is you know a great tight end, and you got DJ Moore who played in. I was a big Panthers fans growing up, so watching DJ and uh, you know the ability to you know play in those cold weather games, and uh, you know always affect Chicago. Always got a great defense. So we're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on six seventy The Score and Odyssey Station. Drake May talking about what's going on here in Chicago. I don't know, man. That that twang might might do well in here. And <laughs> All right, you know how I feel about it. It's funny hearing, uh, you know, where the prospects have done their homework, especially yeah. guys who know they're going Very at the true. top of the draft board. To like, oh, they got this player, that player. Here's what the lineup looks like. Well, when Justin Fields comes out and says LeBron James over Michael Jordan, it's pretty <laughs> easy to just get on the other side of that and, and, and catch on with the fans here. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez. It is Anthony Heron here on six seventy the score, uh, and we will get the opportunity to talk about. That man, Drake May, and a bunch of other uh, prospects that are coming out in the NFL draft with our next guest, who's joining us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline. Download the Circus Sports app today. Uh, of course, he covers the ACC Network, uh, excuse me, from the ACC Network and Sirius XM. It's none other than Roddy Jones. Roddy, welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Appreciate it, guys. Happy Friday to you, too. So I got I to gotta be honest because I want full disclosure in the very beginning. I am one of the few people in Chicago yep. that likes Drake May, and but I like as Dra- the top QB. But 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 I like Drake May in the draft picks. <laughs> so it's, it's trade down the number two, get to be able to get Drake May and those draft picks. But whenever I say that, people just look at me sideways, Roddy. So I, what I would like for you to do is you know give us your assessment of Drake May and you know what he does well and some things that he struggles with. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really funny um, because people have such strong opinions about you know, Drake May versus Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. Like, none of us know. None of us really know right. what these guys are going to be, in- including Caleb Williams, who's, you know, surrounded by a lot of stuff where it can give you pause. Uh, the, thing that you, the thing that you would get with Drake May, um, you're getting an incredibly gifted athlete. And I think because he's sort of sandwiched between Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, his athleticism is a little overlooked. Like, he's not going to scramble the way Jaden Daniels will, but, but and, and he doesn't have the long speed, but nobody does other than Lamar. Um, he's not the off-schedule player that Caleb Williams is, although if you go and watch his sophomore tape, there's a lot more of that yeah. um, than, there, than there was this past year. Uh, but what you're getting is a guy that can make throws at all three levels that most of the time is accurate. He had some spells. Of, of inaccuracy this year that was somewhat uncharacteristic. Again, if you go back and look, watch his sophomore year, I thought he was a little more consistent. So that would be a question. Fundamentally, I think there's a lot of room for him to grow, which can improve some of that. Um, he's incredibly cerebral. Um, and, and, and he elevated that team in a way that, that Caleb Williams certainly did. And Jaden Daniels did as well. But Jaden Daniels also played with two first-round receivers. Uh, so, so I think when you're comparing these guys, you have to sort of look at what was around them. Um, I don't know that they're – I mean, Tez Walker will be a draft pick. And Amari and Hampton, the running back, will be a draft pick. But I think if you stacked up the offenses, the talent around these guys, Jaden Daniels far and away had the best talent, both that receiver. I mean, a couple of those offensive linemen that are sophomores are going to be, you know, first, second-day picks. 
Uh, Caleb Williams has a couple of guys that will get picked. So I think when you look at the, the entirety of what that offense was, Drake May had the least to work with um, and was still phenomenal. It was still phenomenal. And, you know, here in Chicago, the, the media scrutiny and the expectations for Bears fans of the quarterback position, it can, it can call for a lot of, of someone being able to handle themselves well off the field and, and handle the pressure and the scrutiny, the spotlight that will come with it. And Drake May, while you know Caleb Williams has been the Heisman Trophy winner and he's been on the national ad campaign, so we've, we've seen him in the public eye more. But Drake May, especially over the last couple of seasons here, there's been a, a, a relative level of scrutiny for what he has meant to North Carolina football and other programs trying to come in and steal him away and offer him big money and him staying there at, at UNC. Talk us through a little bit of that, just what the, the off-field demeanor and commitment of Drake May has been like. He's been unbelievable. I've had a chance to spend some one-on-one time with him. Like the, the dude is just made of the right stuff when it comes to what's important. Um, he is the youngest of four boys. His older brother Luke, people who are who are basketball fans, was a fantastic player uh, for North Carolina in basketball. Um, he had a brother that was a pitcher at Florida that won a national championship. He is 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 uh, he's another brother that walked on to North Carolina's basketball team and actually roomed with him there. His brother Bo. So, so he's been surrounded by family and continues to be. His dad, Mark, was a phenomenal quarterback at Carolina. They're just focused on – they are a no drama, no frills, no distraction type of, of, of group. And I think it's a stark contrast, you know, for people who, are, who want Caleb Williams. You're, you're getting a lot with Caleb. Like, there's obviously the talk that his dad's been trying to look into the way, rookie wage scale. He's not doing medicals. Like, there's a lot that comes with that. Does any of it mean anything? I don't know. But, but there is certainly the contrast of, like, the guy that's going to put his head down, not, be the, not want to be the center of attention. He will be because he's that talented. Not want to be the center of attention. Defer to his teammates. Not going to be flashy. There's that on one side. And then, and then you know, there's, there's two other guys who are Heisman Trophy winners, more well-known, a little bit more in the spotlight. Um, so it is an interesting contrast between the two you had a guy uh, in Drake May that certainly had opportunities to go a lot of places last year for a lot of money and decided to stick with Carolina. Um, and, and it's because he loved that place. So there's a loyalty. Again, does it mean anything? I don't know. There's been a lot of loyal guys that have played out. <laughs> right, but, right, right. But, but it's sort of a demeanor of what you want. We're talking to Roddy Jones, analyst on the ACC Network. Also, you can hear him on Sirius XM. It's Gabe Ramirez, NFL vet Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Roddy, I mean, you've you've had your, your your moments with Drake May. You clearly, you know, have been able to watch Caleb and Jaden. You also, I'm sure, watch the NFL and know and the situation that the Bears are currently in. With your with your information that you have about these quarterbacks, and I know you said nobody knows, right? But it's just your opinion. You see, with the situation that the Bears are in currently, what would you do if you were one of the decision makers for the Bears? Uh, I, I would draft Caleb Williams after saying all that stuff about all the like all the stuff around him, and 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 the reason is like philosophically, if if you are picking number one or you're picking a quarterback in the top ten, I think you're picking for upside. Like you are trying to hit an absolute grand slam. There's no hey let's 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 do a hit and run here with the number one overall pick and try and get somebody really solid with a high foot. No, we're getting fired off this pick or we going to the Hall of Fame off this pick. This is that, that's sort of the philosophy that I have especially when you're moving away from Justin Fields. Like, if you, if you are going to pick a quarterback, 
Um, and this is get, like my my opinion is that Chicago should trade out of that pick and keep Justin Fields and load up with you know maybe two receivers in the top ten. That'd be an unbelievable draft, I think, for Chicago. But but if you're going to go quarterback, I think you stay at one. You take Caleb Williams um, because again, like the number one overall pick is a pick that sends you to the Hall of Fame or it sends you packing. And and you know obviously I've never sat in that seat, but that's sort of the philosophy that I would have with it. It's interesting. Question was asked, question was answered, and, you know, especially the fact that, as you mentioned, none of us know for sure, and neither do the Bears. That's where the, the educated guests and as much time as they get to spend around these individuals will end up helping them to kind of paint that decision as they come to their answer. The Bears do have two picks in the top ten of the draft right now. They've got the Panthers pick at number one, so they'll be able to make their decision with that. Right now they sit at number nine as well. Man, could they use another edge rusher alongside Montez Sweat, who they acquired last season with a second-round pick. Give us a little scouting report on Jared Verse, man. He seems like a really impressive guy from Florida State. Yeah, he, he, he really was. And he wasn't as productive this past year as he was the year before. Some of that was the double teams that, that he saw and, and the way teams treated him. Some of it, I think, was a little bit effort-driven early in the year as well. He was great in the LSU game, and then I think he took his foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but but I didn't know his measurables until I was watching the combine. I didn't know his measurables were almost a carbon copy of Will Anderson. I, I had no right. idea. Uh, ran really well. Incredible first step. Incredible get-off. Um, there's some refining to do with moves and, and the toolbox of moves. That's something that comes with aging. We need to get off. I mean, he's got one of the best uh, get-offs in this draft, maybe the best get-off in this draft. Incredibly relentless when he is playing. Like, when, he's, when he decides to go full tilt and is not worrying about injury, and that's just me guessing, um, he, is, he is incredibly hard to block and incredibly relentless. So uh, I, I have uh, enjoyed getting to know Jared Verse, um, a guy that came from Albany, transferred to Florida State. Florida State, um, the coaches actually saw him in cross-scout when they were watching Syracuse. He was running step-for-step step with Sean, uh, who was a phenomenal running back in the ACC a couple of years ago, uh, running step-for-step step with him down the field uh, when he was at Albany, ends up at Florida State, really did uh, impact that team in every single way defensively. I mean, he really helped boost that defense to the point where they were undefeated and robbed of the college football playoff this year. We're talking to Roddy Jones, analyst for the ACC Network and heard on SiriusXM. You heard I worked in the robbed of the college football playoff this year. Just very yeah. casually yeah, worked yeah. that in at the yeah, end yeah. of his thought. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 we'll, never, we'll never let him live it down. <laughs> and I'm sure he'll be talking about that a lot there <laughs> right. as well. Uh, <laughs> See, when uh, the games don't matter anymore, uh, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. 14 and the guys in the playoffs. <laughs> guys, guys, nobody's going to care about this year and in all years anyways, Roddy. Uh, right, uh, let's talk about some of the other uh, potential prospects coming out of the ACC, you know, outside of the Drake Mays and Jared Versus. I mean, there's a lot of talent still, guys that are ranked extremely high in your mind. You know, who are some others that you feel like are going to do well in the NFL? Uh, the number one guy, I think, at this point is uh, Peyton Wilson. Um, and he was round pick. And, and there's some other guys that will be. But, but the guy that's sort of underrated, uh, I would say, is Peyton Wilson, the linebacker from NC State. We're at a 4-4 today. I mean, and that shows up on the field. There were times on the field, um, you go back and flip on the Notre Dame film, and, and they got beat by Notre Dame. It was a weird game where they had a, uh, had a weather delay in it. Uh, but there is a play where, where Peyton Wilson is outrunning the Notre Dame receivers 
uh, pursuing the football. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are sprinting to try and block him, and he is pulling away from them and catching up. Man, just ran out of room. The incredibly rangy. He's all a six four. Um, very instinctual. His medicals are going to be the big issue. Like this dude would be a first round pick if he had clean medicals, but he's had three knee surgeries. He's had a couple shoulder surgeries. But if he can stay together with duct tape and his sheer will, then he'll be a he'll be a phenomenal player. The other guy that will be a first round pick that I think could be a really good player at the next level is Nate Wiggins from uh, from Clemson. Ran a four, sub four three forty today at six foot one and and uh, and some change. He's only I think he weighed one hundred and seventy nine pounds, so he's a little slight. But he's an absolute ball hawk, a competitor. His length, he plays longer, I think, than six foot one and three three eighths is what I think you measured. But he's incredibly long, um, incredibly twitchy, an insane athlete, and, and was a real shutdown player for Clemson this year in the Florida State game. At the end of that game, you know, uh, Keon Coleman catches a pass at the in overtime uh, to win that game. But it was because on the second to last play of regulation, Nate Wiggins got hurt. And Nate Wiggins had been following Keon Coleman and really kind of shutting Keon Coleman down and Johnny Wilson, their other receiver, who will probably be drafted. Um, and then he gets hurt, and they pick on the, the sophomore that they put in, and they end up winning the game. So uh, he, he's incredibly impactful. I think, I think he's going to be one hell of a pro um, just because of his length and his ability to run. I'm glad you mentioned Keon Coleman. That was one other guy I wanted to ask you about really quickly here because I, I don't think he'll be a top-10 pick. I got to watch his career a little more closely while he was at Michigan State basketball guy in, in his background and still kind of raw as a wide receiver, but viewed as someone who would likely go in the first round here. What, what were your thoughts on what you saw from Keon Coleman when he was healthy? Yeah, and I think you nailed it. Like, still incredibly wrong. We didn't get to see the full development because he got banged up this season, missed some time during the middle and, and towards the end of the year. Um, there was talk that he wasn't ever really healthy, and Johnny Wilson was banged up too. That Florida State offense was, was kind of – you know, held together by duct tape for a lot of it um, because they couldn't run the ball early and then the receivers got got hurt late. Uh, but Keon was a guy that showed incredible ball skills. I think that's the thing that stands out. Um, ball skills, natural athletic ability, was really good returning punts, uh, especially when they couldn't get him the ball through the air for whatever reason, um, but but showed his ability to, to, to make moves and run with the football in his hands, which surprised a lot of people. To be honest, it surprised me a little bit because he that had not shown up quite as much um, on film, and, and whether that was opportunity, whether that was you know just just him feeling more comfortable, I don't know. Uh, but his ability to to, to return punts really uh, impressed me, especially in the middle of the season um, when when they had a tough time getting him the football. But but his his uh, hand strength, his his body positioning, his body awareness is absolutely tremendous. He's super competitive with the ball in the air. You know, Roma Dunze is the best jump ball player in this draft. Uh, but Keon Coleman has the potential because of his youth in football, um, has the potential to reach a level probably close to Adonze. So, um, so, so we'll see, man. Like he'll probably be a later first round pick because he is a project, uh, but he's a project that could really return some high upside. It's going to be a, a group that we are going to be watching closely. That wide receiver one, Roddy. Great stuff, man. Appreciate all your insight uh, to this upcoming draft. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Roddy. Roddy Jones, analyst for the ACC Network, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. On the other side, uh, and let's go ahead and bring back that uh, the Caleb Williams thought you had. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, just talk a little bit about him and, and, that, and that process about not uh, talking about the medicals. We'll do that on the other side, continue the conversation. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, so for the medical stuff, I'll be doing the medical stuff, just not here in Indy. I'll be doing it at the team interviews. Um, you know, not 32 teams can draft me. Uh, there's only one of me. Um, and so uh, the teams that I go to for my visit, um, you know, those teams will have the, the medical, and, and, and that'll be it. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. First player ever to be like, nah, hard pass on the medicals. <laughs> Before, fortunately for us, we have in studio someone that actually has been through a combine. Actually, he's gone through it. Actually, knows what the hell is going on here. Mm. can speak more to it. Anthony Heron, what's up? It was, uh, yeah, it was a different experience back in the day. Now, I, I was not a Caleb Williams-level draft prospect, but like you mentioned, he's the first one to, to handle it this way. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr. is flying a little bit under the radar because he's kind of doing his own thing with the process a little bit, too. But Caleb Williams is the one who's the you know the presumed number one overall pick. And I think a lot of us kind of, the general public feel like they know a little bit more about Marvin Harrison Jr. and his work ethic and his Hall of Fame dad He's and amazing. all these other things. Yeah. <laughs> so for Caleb, uh, the, the perception of him and, and the way he's handling it is out there a little bit more, getting more of the headlines. But from a medical perspective, when I did this back in 01, I was a guy, I, I had a bad back in college. I had bad knees in college. I had a bad shoulder in college. So I go to the combine and you, the combine, they invite essentially the top 300 draft eligible prospects to go to Indy and go to the combine there. So yes, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to get invited. You're excited to go there. You've been building this moment up in your mind for years as an amateur athlete, as a young football player, hoping to get that chance to be on that stage to show what you're capable of to the NFL world. And then the NFL world descends upon Indianapolis and you want to be at your best. And, you know, I, I jacked my hamstring up before I went to Indy. I'm trying to decide, am I going to run the 40? Am I not? I'm a tweener, so they're, they're seeing me as a guy who might play tackle, but I've always played end. So, you know, I want to show them I can run. And when the medical testing day comes, and the schedule's different now uh, than it was back then. You know, teams could keep you up all night interviewing you into the wee hours. There were, <laughs> it was limitless how many interviews they could do. Now they've refined it where it started being where – Every team was limited to 60 interviews for 15 minutes. And then they refined it again recently to 45 interviews for, per team for 20 minutes just to make the, the days you're in Indianapolis a little more manageable for the prospects who agree to show up. 
20 plus years ago, it wasn't like that, man. You, they wanted it to be as difficult as possible. One of the difficulties was going through the medical testing because the, the NFL pre-draft process is very different than basketball. You hear about it all the time where basketball prospects, you basically pick and choose who you meet with, who you interview with, who you give your medical information to. Sometimes basketball prospects, the ones who are at the elite lottery picks, will say, no, I don't want you to draft me. I've got a promise from another team who's saying they're going to draft me in a certain slot, so I don't even want to meet with you, and you're not getting my information. That is common in the basketball oh, wow. world. We've never heard of any of this in the football world the way Caleb Williams is doing it right now because he recognizes he's the presumed number one pick. He's been operating from this this posture for years at this point. So he, his father, their family, everybody around them, their advisors, they've been able to plan for this moment for a long time right now because of how how well he's performed on the field and how acclaimed he's been. And so the not sharing of medical information, it won't be something that becomes rampant throughout the industry, I don't think, but he's the first elite-level prospect. I would imagine he won't be the last elite-level prospect who will end up handling it in this way, because in the end, it is your private medical information. The sports world, it's not that unique. It's just unique to football because there's a number of examples in the basketball world of guys doing this exact same thing, picking and choosing which teams they're willing to share this information with. Caleb's just you know, standing out and being unique because he's a football guy doing this. Does he have something to hide? Who knows? But he's been on the big stage on a big stage certainly in college football for quite a while now yeah we've seen him have a hamstring issue that he played through an impact 12 title game for the most part he's usually been on the field and healthy and one of the best players out there at, at pretty much every step along the way here but this is a level of agency that we're now seeing in the the amateur athletic football world that we're really more accustomed to associating with basketball. And there's a lot of ways where now the agency of amateur athletes is really starting to, you know, to kind of percolate through other sports as well. But it's interesting because it still makes people feel a certain type of way. Oh, yeah. Even yep. though he's presumed number one, even though – and it's like, who cares? Like, why are you different? Why do yeah. you get to do it your way? Right. So Maybe it's a negative, maybe it's not. I guess we'll see. So we're going to continue the conversation about, you know, Caleb Williams. Uh, we will play some more – Audio from some other, you know, hopefuls, draft hopefuls uh, on the other side. But the phone lines are open. Tyler Farringall is our producer today. And I'm curious if if that in particular, what, what Caleb Williams has done at the Combine. Tyler's out on, on uh, Caleb. I can tell. I can look at him and tell. No. <laughs> Tyler wants Jaden Daniels. J.J. McCarthy. Oh, okay, that, that's what it is. Yep. Tyler's is very pro J.J. Is that who you want, Tyler? Who do you want? If you're telling me on the top draft quarterback? No, 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 no. I just want to know who you want. You're putting me on the spot here. Justin Fields? <laughs> it's, it's the first time Tyler's yeah. ever considered who the Bears should draft. Yeah. So that's fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 He's never yeah, yeah. thought about it before. The, Welcome the to 670 months, to score. Last few months here. <laughs> who you got? I, I am taking Caleb Williams. Okay. Yeah. At number one. All right, and I, on I, Gabe, I do truly love Drake May. Yeah. But I, I, I do think Caleb... I will take Caleb at number right. one. He's on the record. All right. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Want to take your thoughts on Caleb Williams, Justin Fields. But more importantly, has what Caleb done has what Caleb what am I trying to say? Did what we heard from Caleb today Thank sway you. your opinion on him? Thank you very much, Jesus. A lot of folks, this is the first time they've really heard directly from Caleb. I gotta be honest, I thought he had a little more bass in his voice. <laughs> 
It's funny because it's true. 312-644-6767. Thoughts change on Caleb? We want to hear from you. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. It's 670 to score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.